in regards to what it says at the very, very end of the Megillah, Ki Mordechai HaYehudi, that Mordechai HaYehudi was the Mishnah to Melech HaChashverosh, then it says, Verotzui Leroiv Echov, he was acceptable or desirable to most of his brothers. There are Zalse, Leroiv Echov, Veloy Lechol Echov, to most of his brothers, but not to all of his brothers. Melamedes teaches us, Shepir Shumimenu Mikta Sanhedrin, some of the Sanhedrin had separated from Mordechai. The Rebbe explains, based on the Mephorshim, that Echov, his brothers, referred to his colleagues that were part of the Anshe Knesset Hagdoilah. So this is referring to the people, not Sagdoilah, the Sanhedrin. So some of them have actually separated from Mordechai. Why is that? Rashi explains the reason that because Mordechai was bottled Medivrei Torah, because he neglected some of his Torah study going into government office, this is why some of the Sanhedrin had separated from him. The Gemara then continues. Gadol Talmud Torah, Talmud Torah is greater, Yoytzeh Me'atzolas Nefoshes, even than saving lives. Why, how, where do we see that? Says the Gemara, because in a Pasuk in Ezra, Mordechai is counted over there amongst other of the great members of the Sanhedrin, Manche Knesset and so on. Mordechai is mentioned as number five in the list, so he's mentioned after the fourth person. Eventually, later on in Sefer Nehemiah, where the list is again given, Mordechai is mentioned as the sixth in the list, after five other people. And what do we see from here? That he's being mentioned, he's so to, he's, he was, so to speak, demoted in a certain sense. He went down in rank. And why is that? Because Mordechai became a Tsar during that time. He had gone into office, and therefore, he had, he had gone down in his chashivus by the, by the Chacham. This is the way Rashi explains it. Says the Rebbe, the question is what's not understood. This idea that Godel Talmud Torah Yoser Me'atzolus Nefoshes, why are we learning it out from these Psukim in Ezra and Nehemiah? Chazal seemingly could have learned it out from the simple reading in our Pasuk in the Megillah itself, where it says that he was only accepted now by most of his brothers, which we understood that as meaning that some of the Sanhedrin had parted ways with him, so why did they part ways? Why did they separate? As we said before, because of Batal Medivrei Torah, because they looked at it as an Indian of Bittal Torah for Hatzolas Nefoshis, for saving lives. That itself seemingly should be enough of a proof that Talmud Torah is greater than Hatzolas Nefoshis. So why is it that the Gemara needs to learn this from the fact that Mordechai's name appears in a different order somewhere else? Not in the Megillah, not in Megillah Sester but in two different psukim of two different sfarim in Tanakh. So why couldn't we learn it out from the Pasuk in Megillah's Esther itself, in a direct Pasuk? So there are Mepharshim that say that from the wording of the Megillah itself, all we would be able to learn was that some of the Sanhedrin consider Talmud Torah greater than saving lives. Because who separated from him? We said Miktza Sanhedrin, some of the Sanhedrin. It's still no proof that from Shamayim, from heaven... They agree to this attitude. And this is why the Gemara brings a Pasuk where Torah itself is hinting to this idea by changing the order of where Mordechai appears in the Psukim. Says the Rebbe, but this answer, at least Al-Derech Apshat, is not so smooth. Because who are the ones that separated from Mordechai in the Megillah? These are people that are members of the Sanhedrin. These are not just ordinary people. Obviously, the members of the Sanhedrin are acting their whole Indian is about halacha. They're acting according to the halacha of Torah. So why would that not be enough of a proof that heaven also agrees, that Hashem also agrees, that this is the right 
perspective that this is the right attitude that Atzalas Nefashis, sorry, that Talmud Torah comes before Atzalas Nefashis. Why do we again need those other psukim in Ezra and Nehemiah? Another thing says the Rebbe, what's hard to understand, and some other points. The Rebbe says, number one, since Godel Talmud Torah Yoyser Mi Atzalas Nefashis, if that's the case, why is Mordechai's name only because he's not learning Torah now, why is it only being moved one level, one rank further in the order of the names, being counted as number five instead of, as number six instead of number five, being counted as after the fifth person instead of after the fourth person? Seemingly, his name should totally not be counted as part of the members of the Sanhedrin. The whole idea of Sanhedrin is to Paskin and Torah. If Mordechai is no longer involved to that same extent in Torah, why is he even being counted at all? Another thing says the Rebbe, what's not understood is, from the implication of the Psukim, from the simple reading of the Psukim, this idea that Mordechai was in government office as Mishnah Lamelech, as second to the king, this was over a longer period of time, and during this whole time would have been this situation that he's only acceptable, he's only desirable, he's only in agreement with some of, with most of his brothers, but not with some of his brothers. Some of his brothers, some of the Sanhedrin were separated from him. So the question is, either way you look at it, there seems to be a problem. Either Mordechai should have proved his way, that his way is Alpitoira, and then the rest of the Sanhedrin should agree with him. Or the other way around, he should give up his position in government, and then once again be accepted by all of his brothers, by all of the Sanhedrin. Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first looking at the diuk, at the wording within the same posik, within the same words of the Megillah, that Razal are darshaning, and the way they darshan it. What does the posik say? That he was acceptable to most of his brothers, so who's the ones that separate from him? Only some of his bro- some of the Sanhedrin, Miktza Sanhedrin are separating from him, which implies, which tells us clearly really, that most of the Sanhedrin actually agree to the Anhog of Mordechai, because only some of them Separate from him. Says the Rebbe, this will then explain to us very simply why we say that even though some of the Sanhedrin separated from him, that's still not going to be a proof that Talmud, that Talmud is greater than Atzalas Nefashois, because again, it's only some of the Sanhedrin of that opinion. On the contrary, we could actually learn exactly the other way around, that since the of the Sanhedrin are agreeing with Mordechai, are happy with Mordechai's conduct, that means they actually agree with Mordechai that Hatzalas Nefashis is greater. And this is why the Gemara is going to need these other psukim in Ezra and Nehemiah to show us that Mordechai's name goes down in rank. The Rebbe says, with well, this will also be explained, why we say his name only goes down one rank further, and not that he's completely dismissed from the Sanhedrin, because as we said, actually most of the Sanhedrin agree with Mordechai's behavior. But, says the Rebbe, if that's the case, the question now becomes the other way around. Number one, if Mordechai's behavior is in agreement with the opinion of most of the Sanhedrin, then seemingly that should, that should have outweighed the minority of the Sanhedrin. So why are we saying that Pirshumi meant that they're separating from him? Why aren't they just now being mevatel, canceling, nullifying their opinion to the majority? And number two, says the Rebbe, According to this, it would now seem that the two Maimori Chazal, that the Gemara brings, following one from the other in one continuation, on the one end was saying 
that some of the Sanhedrin separated, which means clearly only some of the Sanhedrin, that most of the Sanhedrin agree with Mordechai. Which would mean that they agree that Hatzalas Nefashi seemingly is greater. And then you immediately bring the Gemara that says, proving it from the Psukim and Ezra and Achemia. So now these two Mamari Razal seem to be actually in contradiction with each other. Says the Rebbe, the general explanation over here is going to be looking at another Diuk in the Smaimer Chazal, the wording Pirshumi Menum Mixa Sanhedrin, that some of the Sanhedrin had separated. It doesn't say Chalku Alav, it doesn't say that they argued. It doesn't even say Ein Ruach Mixas Chachamim Noichemene, that some of the Chachamim were not happy with Mordechai, or a similar expression. What does Pirshu mean? We're not speaking about a, about a Machloikas. Because even according to their opinion, we're not, they weren't saying that Mordechai's behavior is not in accordance with Torah. Rather, they're saying, they're separating meaning, they have a different path, they have a different way than Mordechai's behavior and the sheet of the other Sanhedrin, and their way is not the same way as his way. But even they're agreeing that Mordechai's Hanhaga in regards to himself is a way al In other words, they're saying this isn't the way that Sanhedrin should be, but they're still, in, that's the way they see it, but they're still agreeing that Mordechai's way is, at least for himself, a path of Torah. How do we understand this? How do we understand that they're both valid, they're both acceptable ways? Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first looking at a story of the famous Ragachov Ergoin, and the way he behaved in, a, in this particular story, and with the explanation on the story. And the Rebbe relates, after the free Rebbe left Russia, and arrived to Riga, so he called a meeting of Rabbonim, and leaders, communal workers, activists, for the benefit of the Russian Yidden. Amongst those that were invited, was the Ragachover. Now, by this meeting, they wanted to make a particular vad, they wanted to make a committee that's going to get together every once in a while to discuss how to deal, what to do, how to work for the benefit of the Russian Yidden. They asked the Ragachover that he too should be part of this committee. The Ragachover refused, and he explained that to get involved with this committee is going to depend, in other words, whether he should get involved, it's going to depend on an argument between the Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi. The Gemara says in Brachos, Chasidim Arishoyim, the early Chasidim, the early pious people, Hayushoyim, they spent nine hours a day davening. The Gemara asks, if that's the case, Toiroson Heich Mishtameres, how is their Torah going to be preserved? How, how are they going to retain their Torah? Umelachton Heich Anasis, how is their Melacha, their work, how is that going to get done? The Gemara responds and says, Mitoich Shechasidim Heim, that because they are Hasidim, they are pious people, so Torosom Mishtameres, their Torah will be protected, their Torah will be preserved, Umelachton Mizbarechas, and there will be a Brocha in their work. Now, that's in the Bavli. The Yerushalmi brings the same idea, but with a little bit of a difference. Instead of saying that because they are Hasidim, Torosom Mishtameres, and Melachton Mizbarechas, so the Yerushalmi says that because they were Hasidim, there was a bracha in their Torah and a bracha in their work. What's the difference between Torah and bracha nitenes b'toyrosan? 
So the Rebbe says the difference is very simple. Mishtameris means that they're not forgetting their learning. So they learn something, they don't have to spend as much time reviewing it, going it over, they're not going to forget it. But it doesn't mean that they're going to be gaining and benefiting new Torah. In other words, whatever they managed to learn in the bit of time they had, and they're not during the time that they're not davening, so that Torah is going to be retained. But what is brachani tennis b'tayras on the Yerushalmi? What does it mean that it's a bracha in their Torah? So the Rebbe is quoting from the Mepharshim over here that they managed to understand what they learned immediately. It didn't take them any time. In other words, it was a special bracha. And not only weren't they forgetting what they did learn, but there's actually a haisafa, there's addition in their understanding of Torah. In the little bit of time that they're learning, they're being successful to understand something immediately, something that usually, based on each individual's nature, would have taken them a much longer time in their limud Torah. So in the short amount of time they're learning, they're actually gaining what they would have gained over many hours of learning. So the Ragachover concluded and he applied the same thing idea. And he said, if he's now going to be involved in these meetings and these committees, he's clearly going to have to take off some time from his learning of Torah. So now, says the Ragachover, according to Yerushalmi, that like by those Hasidim, that there was a bracha given into their Torah. So he's not going to lose out anything in his knowledge of Torah because he will gain in a short amount of time what usually would have taken him a much longer amount of time. But according to the Bavli, and we say that the Halacha is Kebavli, where what's going to happen is only Torah and Mishta Meris, that the Torah that he learns would be retained, would be preserved. So he's going to lack all of that extra learning that he could have learned had he had all this extra time. And for that, he's not ready to give up that, that, that for, for that learning of Torah that he doesn't want to lose out on. Says the Rebbe, to explain this machloikas between the Bavli and Yerushalmi, we're actually going to have a look at the general difference between Bavli and Yerushalmi, the style of learning. The style of learning of Talmud Bavli is with lots of shaklavataria. There's lots of back and forth, give and take, questions and answers. As the Gemara itself says, on the Pasik B'machashakim O'Yishivani, that Hashem has sat me down in the dark, refers to the learning of Bavl. The learning of Bavl is similar to a person that's in the dark, where you need a search, you need to put in a lot of work to find something. In a similar way, you're asking questions, you're sorting through things, until you finally come to the emes, to the true understanding and the, and the end result. But in Talmud Yerushalmi, the learning is in a much straighter, more direct way. It's like the lights are turned on. You immediately find and you see the correct svara, the correct idea and the correct answer, at like someone that's seeing something in the light. There's no, it's not dark. Says the Rebbe, from what follows from this? That according to the style, the way of learning of Talmud Bavli, so it's actually the most you could manage to do if you learn in a small amount of time, like the Chassidim or Yishonim are doing, so the most that could be is that that Torah should be remembered. Torah and Mishtameres. They shouldn't forget the Torah that they learned. But there's no way that you could say that that in a little bit of learning they should immediately understand it right away. That totally doesn't fit with the style of Bavli. That's not the way we understand things. We need to work it through over a long process a lot of time. But according to the Shita and the way of learning of the Yerushalmi, the Yerushalmi says you can have a situation that that you can manage to understand, you can be successful and understand in a short amount of time immediately the end result. 
And this fits very much with the whole style of the Yerushalmi, learning in the direct way, that you immediately come to the things the way they are at the end. Says the Rebbe, now we're going to go back to understand the difference between Mordechai, that most of the Sanhedrin actually agreed with him, and then the other Sanhedrin, some of the Sanhedrin, that didn't agree with him, or that didn't have it, learned, didn't go in his style. We said Pirshumim, it doesn't mean they didn't agree that it's a way in Halacha, in Torah, but they weren't on that, they didn't have that Seder Avoida. This is going to be dependent on this difference between the Bavli and Yerushalmi. Says the Rebbe, the Sanhedrin, Mordechai is part of the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin G'dayla, the great Sanhedrin. How were they chosen? They were chosen from the smaller Sanhedrins that started off, this is a Sanhedrin in Yerushalayim, a smaller Sanhedrin in Yerushalayim, or at least in other parts of Eretz HaKodesh, the Holy Land of Eretz Yisrael. From there they were taken up to, to Yerushalayim and to the, Sanhedrin, to, to the big Sanhedrin. Says the Rebbe, so it makes sense to say that their style of learning, or at least the majority of them, was similar to the learning of Yerushalmi. Because remember, this is again, they're in Eretz Yisrael, they're in Yerushalayim. Especially when we're speaking about in the time of the Mishnah, Dan Shekhnes Sagdoila. But there are also other members in the Sanhedrin. There are also Tanoim, even in Eretz Yisrael, there were some Tanoim from Bavel. Similar to what we find in later generations, in the time of Hillel, it says Hillel came up from Bavel. We know there's Rabnosan HaBavli and others. Especially, says the Rebbe, at the time of the story of Mordechai, we know it's already 70 years since the time that the Pasuk describes HaKharosh VeHamazger, which as Rashi explains, the Gemara explains, this, this is a reference to the very great Talmidi Chachamim of the Anshe Knesset Sagdoila, people that had gone out of Yerushalayim with the Golos, with Yechonia, they went to Bavel. So we have now a situation that at the Anshe Knesset Sagdoila, we have the people that were taken in captivity by Nebuchadnezzar Melech Bavel, and now they are returning to Yerushalayim, to Yehuda, in the first year of Achashverosh, this is 52 years, after 52 years that were in Bavel, so we have a, different groups of people, some after longer periods, shorter periods, etc. But furthermore, the Rebbe says, even from the original people, as they were in Yerushalayim, there were some of them that were perhaps on that level, of the Bavli type of level, as we said. So we have again, in the Sanhedrin, we have many people that are going to be more in the Yerushalmi style of learning, but you also have people that were in Bavel, spent many years in Bavel, coming from Bavel, etc., and therefore, more on the Bavli level of learning. Therefore, Mardukai and most of Sanhedrin are of the opinion that he needs to become the Mishnah Lamelech, the second to the king, in order to save lives. Aye, what's going to ha- what's going to be? How is he going? Ha- how is it then possible that he should remain in the Sanhedrin and be part of the Anshe Knesset That their Indian is seem- obviously learning and teaching instruction. So going back to the Yerushalmi, because they are Hasidim, they have a special bracha in their Torah. So therefore, he's going to have such amazing success, not only in a way that he's going to retain and remember what he learned in the little bit of time that he still could learn Torah, but rather, as we said, he can immediately understand things, immediately have this bracha to grow in his learning, the bit of time that he has for learning, the exact amount that he would have had, had he not been part of the government office now and helping Yidin. He would still have gaining in all of that Torah. During that time when he's learning, he'll have the bracha in it. However, amongst the Sanhedrin, again, we said there's at least some, that their style of learning is more the way of Bavli, as mentioned, and therefore by them, 
what would happen if they go into it the way they view going into office and helping other people? It would be Torah Mishtameris. The most of what happened is that the Torah they learned will be retained. And therefore, spending time on Askonis, on communal work, and Atalas Nefashas, is going to remove from them the ability to adding more in their knowledge of Torah, which is what's needed by Sanhedrin. And therefore, Pirshumim and Miktsa Sanhedrin, some of the Sanhedrin, which cannot have that same level of avoid as Mordechai and many of the other Sanhedrin, so they separate in their own path. In other words, they're going in a different path, saying we need to stick exclusive, exclusively to the Limudat Torah, as mentioned earlier. Says the Rebbe, even though according to the Shita of Yerushalmi, that Baruchon Itenis B'Toyroson, and therefore Mordechai has Torah, and he has his addition in learning Torah, and so on. Nevertheless, we now have these other Pesukim of Ezra and Nehemiah, which tell us that he still went down in rank by the Chacham, and because he's bottled with Torah, because at the end of the day, he's not completely learning Torah, and he's in office. What does that mean? Says the Rebbe, because even though there is a special Milo, sorry, because there is nevertheless, says the Rebbe, because the bottom line is there's still going to be something unique and special if you have the concept of Torah, of really learning Torah the whole time, not to stop the Limudat Torah for anything, not even if the bottom line is I'm not even going to be missing in my knowledge of Torah because there's going to be this extra bracha. And the bottom line is, but it's still not Torah, Says the Rebbe, this is the pshat now of the next Maimar Chazal that says, Godel Talmud Torah, Yoyser Me'atzalas Nefashas. In other words, there's a certain godless, there's a certain Godel, there's a certain greatness in dedicating oneself completely to Limudat Torah, which now Mordechai doesn't have, even if though again, technically, he's not missing out, but he doesn't have this Torah Soyim Nasoy. And therefore, since Mordechai is missing this particular godless, so that's why there's also a Yerida, there's a certain... Uh, in a certain sense, he goes down in his chashivus by the chachamim in rank, that instead of being mentioned as number five after four other great people, he's mentioned after, not being mentioned after four, not being mentioned as fifth, so he's mentioned as sixth after five. So why does Mordechai do this? Says the Rebbe, but nevertheless Mordechai and most of the Sanhedrin agree that he still needs to be the Mishnah Lamelech, even though he's missing out on this idea of Tehrasu Yom because even though he's going to be missing this greatness of the Godel Talmud Torah, how great Talmud Torah is, he's of the opinion, and most of the Sanhedrin are of the opinion, that for the sake of Atzolas Nefashis, it is worth it to have this Yerida, in order to be, as the Apostle says, Doirish Tov seeking seeking good for his people, V'doyver Shalim Zari. Now, says the Rebbe, the question still remains, and that is, there's still something not smooth over here. So it's all very nice. Brachon itenes b'toyraso, and Mordechai is not going to be missing in his knowledge of Torah in, in all of the additional Torah that he should have had, and he could have had, and he, and he does have because of that bracha. All very nice. It's also true there's a special Milo in Atzolas Nefoshois, and for that it's even worth it, the Yerida, to go down in rank because he doesn't have Torah But the question is now, but how does he remain part of the Sanhedrin? Seemingly, the whole idea of the Sanhedrin is exclusively limud ha-Torah. It's all about Torah and Torah, teaching the others Torah. So what's going on over here? Or to put this question in slightly a different way, says the Rebbe, how is it possible that to the on the Sanhedrin themselves, which their union in essence is Torah, and yet there could be an obligation to, so to, so to speak, forego this 
in order to save lives. How do the two go together? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is based on a ton of Dveiliyahu. The ton of Dveiliyahu says the following, that the real right attitude of the Sanhedrin should have been, what's the right way how Sanhedrin should be behaving? Leilech, they should have been going around. Tying iron chains, iron ropes around their waists, lifting up their clothes above their knees. In other words, making sure the clothes are not getting in the way as they walk. Or perhaps maybe as we say today, roll up your sleeves. But the point is they should have been going around, around all the Yiddish cities, teaching the Yiddin the right ways and so on. What does this tell us? So the Rebbe says, we know that there's a halacha, that the Sanhedrin, once they're not in their permanent place, like in the base Hamigdush and the Lishkas Hagazis, or as the Rebbe puts, points out in the footnotes and the different various times where their permanent place is, Sanhedrin have to actually go down in rank. They cannot paskin anymore now, capital case punishments, Dini Nefashas. That means by the fact that you're saying that where should have the Sanhedrin been going around all the Yidden, encouraging the Yidden, getting the Yidden to do the right things, they're actually losing some of their high, high position of being Sanhedrin. And yet, what do we say? This is the obligation. This is what they should have really been doing. Going around the Yiddish cities, helping the Yidden become better Yidden. What does this tell us? That the main job of Sanhedrin really is about It's about teaching the public, instructing them, in that way saving them clearly. And from this, for this they even need to go down in rank, even from their strength and power of Sanhedrin, in order to be to bring schus to the public, to the community. Says the Rebbe, in a similar way, we can now explain in our case by Mordechai. That even though it's true that Mordechai is becoming a Mishnah Lamelech, through this he's having a Yerida in his Chashivas as member of Sanhedrin. As we said, he's going down in rank from being mentioned after the fourth, he's being mentioned after, from being mentioned after the fourth, he's being mentioned after the fifth. He's missing the smile of Teirasa Yom And nevertheless, not only do we say this Yerida is worth it, but even from the perspective of Sanhedrin, from the idea of what Sanhedrin is supposed to be, because it's toivus harabim, it's to be mezakad rabim, to save the rabim, similar to what we just explained from the Tanad Velio. The Rebbe now comes and applies it closer home, closer to our days, and to our, and to our way of being. The Rebbe starts with the Friedrich Rebbe. The Rebbe says the conduct of the Friedrich Rebbe was that he, so to speak, stole, robbed from the time that he could have been spending on limud atoyre for himself, avoides Hashem for himself, and during that time, he was involved with Askanas, with communal affairs, and Atzalas Nefasha, saving people. And furthermore, he demanded this also from a large portion, a of his Talmidim and Mukrasharim, that they too should be acting in this way. The free Rebbe had instituted that even Talmidim HaYeshiva should, at least Bein Asdorim, in between the time of Seder, give some of their time to spread Torah and Yiddishkeit Chutzah to the outside. And in what way was this done? Not always was it that they were actually learning and teaching people. Some of the time was spent, and a big part of the time was spent, not only on learning, but also on what we call tzor trying to get more Talmidim, trying to organize a place for learning, trying to get the necessary funds to cover the expenses, and so on and so forth. In other words, even such Mekusharim that based on their level, they might only be on the level of Talmud Bavli, which means by them being occupied with all of these askonos, 
It's only going to be maximum Tairasa Mishameres. They're going to remember what they learned. They're not going to gain the extra learning. And nevertheless, the Friedrich Rebbe wanted that they too should spend this time, even in a way that through this they're going to be lacking in Limuda Torah and Avoidus Hashem, but for the sake of Toivos Rabbim, the benefit of the Rabbim. Because, let's go back to the Ragachover. The Ragachover refused to take part. Says the Rebbe, this avoid of the Ragachover is only for Yechidis Gula. In, its, in every generation, you have certain people that are on the level of Toirosom Umnosom, that Torah is their sole occupation. And they are like those Miktsa Sanhedrin, like some of the Sanhedrin that didn't agree with Mordechai. In other words, they are on that level that they just need to be um, involved in learning the whole time and adding in their knowledge of learning the whole time in a constant way. And so this is certain people. But the Seder Avoidah says the Rebbe, by most of, most, the majority of people, even the Bnei Torah, is as the Halach is, the Bizman Azar, really, you don't have this Torah, some of the Torah is his absolute only occupation. And says the Rebbe, if a person would be mevatel is learning for other things, so how much more so? Absolutely, we need to stop our learning at times for Hatzolas Nefoshes, for saving lives and the benefit of the Rabbim. Now says the Rebbe, just to point out, regarding the Friedrich Rebbe himself, says the Rebbe, Miyoideya, who even could understand his oifen of Avoida. Especially, it's known a Torah of the Baal Shem Tov. On the Pasuk, it says, Kumi Oiri. So this Pasuk is Hashem telling the Yidin, get up and shine. Kiva Oirech, your light came. Uchvoida Hashem the glory of Hashem is shining on you. The Baal Shem Tov translated it, referring to the Nesiyah Yisrael. The Baal Shem Tov says, you, the Nesiyah Yisrael, the leaders of the Yidin, that you're putting away your Torah avoid for the benefit of the Rabbim. So what's going to be with you? So we say, Kumi Oiri, you're going to shine. You're going to have the individual light. You're going to have the greater light. In other words, Nesiyah Yisrael have a special bracha that they won't be lacking in their Torah avoid. And Adarab, Kivo their light comes, Hashem's glory shines in them, etc. Which is a, even a much higher level than the idea that bracha is given into their Torah. Says the Rebbe the Hayra from the Anhaga of Mordechai for us, And as the famous Torah of the Baal Shem Tev, regarding what the Mishnah says, that simply it means if you read the Megillah backwards, the second chapter before the first. But the Baal Shem Tev translated, if someone's reading the Megillah backwards in the sense, in the sense of time, that he's reading the Megillah as if it's only a story of the past, but it's not, doesn't have a current today's re- uh, relevance today, so then he's loyatza. So what does this all mean to us today? That what's demanded from us is this type of behavior, at least somewhat similar to this conduct of Mordechai, to become a Mishnah Lamelech, in other words, in the sense of going out there, being doirish toiv la'amay, seeking the good of all of the people, of all of the Yidin, doiv shalom l'chol zaroi, and trying to make peace, trying to bring peace, speak peacefully to all Yidin, bringing peace everywhere. Even if for this, maybe some Yidin won't even agree with our ways. will be Ratsui, maybe acceptable only to Roy Vechav, and will be some that don't see this way of Avoidah. Says the Rebbe, furthermore, and even though that for many people this is going to be a Yerida, like we said by Mordechai, he's now going down in rank, we may have to give up in some way on our own Shlemus, nevertheless it's still worth the Yerida, for the benefit and the, the good of the Rabbim. The Rebbe says, in fact, we find this even in the individual's life, of every person also as a yachid, as an individual. 
The Rebbe says, a person's neshama comes down, what's called me'igro rama labira mikta, like from a high rooftop to a low pit, from a very high place to a very low place. And what's the idea? So first of all, he has to deal to overcome his own goof, his own nefesh is the portion in the world, conquer it, make it for a dira for Hashem. So that's one level, one area. Then there's another area. The Yid has to then go ahead and go get married. And as it says um, in the Megillah, what's going to happen? Leo is called Ish Soirer Bevesoi. As the Maimon Chazal says, So again, so now there's a certain level where he's like the Mishnah Lamelech in a certain sense, where he has to rule, but this is again some sort of Yerida. Chazal actually say, That in a certain sense, you're going down in rank by going ahead and taking care of the family now, marrying a wife, etc., etc. But the person needs to forgo all of his own personal benefits for the benefit of his family. Says the Rebbe, this is also the explanation in what we find that there's actually a certain advantage in those that are oisig sibur, even over those that toirasam umnasam. And that is, those that are toirasam umnasam need to stop their toira in order to lay in Krishna. But those that are oisig sibur don't stop for anything, not even for Krishna. The Rebbe explains, because since this, through the, by doing tzarechit sibur ba'amunah, on the one hand, you are lacking in your limudah Torah and your own shleimus to the extent that the Chazal say, "Hatel alein tzarechit sibur vein kolin me alein." That sometimes by putting tzarechit sibur on someone, this itself could, so to speak, finish him off. And nevertheless, this is specifically the way. And specifically, it's dafke in this way, and through this, you get this amazing mila of the toivas harabim because you're dealing and helping the public. And the Rebbe says, if this was true that this way of Mordechai was there in order to save the Yiddish bodies, and yet it's all worth it, how much more so that this is the way it needs to be when we're concerned with the Yiddish and the Shamois, that we need to put away all of our Shleimus, all of our great ideas and all of our great things. For the Atzalas Nefashis to save the Neshamas and be a Doiver Shalem L'chol Zaroi, until such time there will become that Yisrael is in Tshuva, that all the Yidin do Tshuva, and immediately they'll be redeemed by Kariv Mamash.